This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you in part by Rosedale Communications, offering author-centric literary consulting, writing, and editing services to help you capture your voice, craft your message, edit your content, and publish your completed manuscript for business or ministry online at craftingyourmessage.com. Hey there, it's producer Michael Miracle here. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. We are your on-air resource as a workplace believer. And check out our website for tons more I Work For Him resources. We've got blogs and podcasts and reading material and all sorts of fun stuff there. Plus, a link to listen to the live show several times a day. Yep, head to the website. That's IWorkForHim.com. IWorkTheNumberForHim.com. And the listen tab's up there on the top left. Click that, then click the live link, and you can listen to us live every weekday. That's IWorkForHim.com. I work the number for him.com. And now let's go ahead and kick off what we all came here for, hearing more about connecting what we learn on Sunday with what we do in our nine to five. This is the I Work For Him podcast. Hey, thanks for tuning in to I Work For Him this afternoon. As you listen all across the state of Florida and around the world on iHeartRadio, thanks for tuning in. We have got a great show for you today. A fantastic Together on Tuesday show, right, Martha? That's exactly right. So we have a couple with us that will be able to interject a little bit of conversation about marriage and relationships. How do people find out about us online, Martha? Well, they can just find us on iworkforhim.com. That's iwork4him.com. And, you know, a couple things that we've added recently is um, some testimonials. So if you're new as a listener and you want to just hear a little bit about what um, impact other people's stories have had on um, our listeners' lives, you can go and check that out. And also all of the links to our social media. So whether you tweet or use Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn, you know, because some people stay up late at night on LinkedIn because it's just so addictive. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Said no one ever, right? But it is there and we do appreciate LinkedIn so we can learn about people. All right. And our listener line, we love to hear from you, our listeners. Give us some feedback. We really enjoy just hearing your story. So if you're willing to call into the listener line and share with us your story, 866-713-9675, 866-713-WORK. Okay. As we have said many times in the past, in the past, that this show is we are on location in Bend, Oregon, at the international headquarters of the World Changer Network and Eagle Mountain. You can find them online at worldchangernetwork.com, worldchangernetwork.com, and eaglemountain.global. This show is brought to you through a kingdom collaboration between the World Changer Network and I Work For Him Radio. We like to call that collaboration the I Work For Him World Changer Radio Network. James and Anna Kramer, the founders of the World Changer Network, feel led by God to introduce the world to the only one capable of bringing real change. And that's Jesus Christ. James and Anna have arranged for us to interview some amazing people who are gathered here in Bend, Oregon for the Hub Nation Summit 2018. Today, we're interviewing Mark and Julie Appleyard. You may figure out from their accents that they're not from Oregon, but we'll let them tell you that. Mark and Julie Appleyard, welcome to I Work For Him. Thanks, Jim. It's great to be here, mate. Hey. <laughs> oh, no, work the accent. Would you work, work the accent? Work it really. Work well, you accent. know what? It's pretty good to be here. And, uh, <laughs> pick, pick a location. I don't even know where to go with from there. Right. Yeah. We always open up. You this. didn't go into an accent. Nope. That's where I thought you were going to go. So. Nope. 
Nope, not going to do it. I can't, I can't pull <laughs> I, 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 I'll go British. I won't go Australian. Stone the crows, Jim. No, I can't, was... I can't do it. Yeah. Outback. I can go to the Outback restaurant. Outback. That's, that's all I can do. I can't Mm-mm. do it. I won't do it around you from now on. I'm embarrassed. Okay. <laughs> we always open the show with a new guest to ask, you know, how did Jesus invade your life? How did you become a Jesus follower? Julie, how did you become a... Why are you... Wait a minute. Forget it. Mark, why did you become a Jesus? He was being a gentleman. I know. No, he wasn't. I'm thinking he was delegating. That looked like delegating (laughs) to me. So we're going to undelegate. Mark, how did you become a Christ Mm. follower? Um, I became a Christ follower at about 16 years of age, Jim. Um, Grew up in country Victoria, Australia, and there weren't a lot of Christians around those parts. Mm. Um, But uh, yeah, a good friend of mine invited me to a Christian youth camp at summertime, I didn't want to go, uh, so why would I want to spend my summer with Christians? And summer is Christmas time in Australia. Everything's backwards in Australia compared to here in, in the US, mm-hmm. or maybe it's the other way around. It's probably the other, probably other way around. The other way around. Um, and uh, yeah, and so he said, listen, um, he said, there's going to be lots of pretty girls there. And uh, I said, where do I sign? So I signed. He didn't lie. It wasn't bait and switch. There were lots of pretty girls there. But about the second day into it, I wasn't interested in the pretty girls anymore uh, because I heard the message of Jesus. Mm. And uh, it was profound. Um, for me, it was a, a night-day experience. It was like a, a switch got flicked on inside of me and I could just see everything totally different to what I had ever known seeing it before. Um, and uh, that ultimately changed the total trajectory of my life. Um, all those years ago. It, was that where you met Julie? No. no. I was not at that camp. No, that, that, was, um, that was some years later, and it was uh, another encounter that was night day. <laughs> well, we'll get to that story. We'll get to that story. Wow. Just a minute. Julie, how did you come to be a follower of Jesus? Um, I was attending a conference with my grandmother. It was a, a camp conference in Victoria, not, not close to where he went to his camp. Um, It was Belgrave Heights and it was a Keswick convention, very conservative um, teaching and but lovely, just lovely atmosphere. My grandmother went every Christmas, every Easter and her her brother, my great uncle, had a caravan that we would put on site and one night after... Caravan in English? Caravan. Like a camper? Like a camper trailer, but it was like an enclosed one with... Sure. You okay, know, a pull camper trailer. Sure. Oh, good. Okay. okay. Caravan. <laughs> You've learnt some Aussie today. Um, <laughs> one night after the kids' meeting, um, I was probably about five years old and um, went back to the caravan. We're sitting, having some dinner, and I asked my grandmother what they'd been talking about that day, and she led me um, in a very simple prayer and Looking back, I do recall a very significant God encounter Mm. at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up in a Christian family. I, you know, but but didn't really wake up as a Christian. I suppose it was. I always felt like I wanted more Mm -hmm. than just to pray a prayer and go to church on Sundays. Um, The same convention. Um, a number of years later, I'm now married. We have three children. We're sitting in our own camper trailer. And I wrote in my journal that night, um, Lord, there has to be more to this than just attending these things. Where are you? And, and I want to get to know you more. Um, and that started a whole other journey. Um, but yeah. So in between the two camping trips, you guys met. How mm-hmm. did you guys, how did the Lord draw Mark and Julie Appleyard together? 
Um, we were uh, part of a, or I was part of a youth group um, out in the country again in Victoria, um, and uh, I was at a youth group gathering. Gathering, I believe, I was uh, serving tea and coffee at he the time. Was. I was taking orders, wasn't he I? He was taking tea and coffee orders. He was wearing a red frilly, a red and white checkered frilly apron. Somebody had tied around the front of him and stood up on the hearth of the fireplace and was asking for tea and coffee orders was the first time that we actually he met. Definitely you definitely got use your attention. Line. Here in the US, I, you, would you use the line coffee, tea, or me? You didn't use that line? <laughs> you know, that no, would have been a good one. Coffee, tea, or Milo. It was Milo. Hot chocolate. Yeah. Um, he he took more notice of me than I did of him, unfortunately, on that particular night. You know, but Jim, I never let that uh, get in my way. <laughs> um. He went fishing with a mate the next day. Day, yeah, and his mate asked him. He said to his his mate, you know, oh, did you see that Julie girl? And and his friend said, yeah. What was her last name? And Mark said, uh, I said it really doesn't matter because it'll be Apple Yard one day anyway. <laughs> oh, wow, you have a prophetic <laughs> gift. <man. laughs> uh, but no, we we did. We just built a, a friendship um, around music. Music has always been a big part of both of our lives. Mm. Uh, we built a friendship around that, that uh, one thing led to another, and nine months later, we were engaged. Oh, um, fantastic. So, yeah. And 18 months after that, we got, we got married. married. Yeah. If we so. had our time over, we might flip that yeah. next time. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to do that over again. Yeah. You don't you get wanna, to do that You really want to go back and be a teenager again? Yeah, no. No, 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 I'm afraid not. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. And now, you just celebrated 25 years. Yes, we did. Congratulations. Way Thank to go. You. What, yeah. What's the biggest thing you've learned about the... You know, the biggest thing that was a myth about marriage that you've now learned that was a myth about marriage. Or, I mean, let me rephrase the question. Let me make it a better question. What's been the greatest thing about marriage in the last 25 years? Mark? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> I think what it, what it means to, to truly operate in, as one flesh, um, as one together. Um, what is that? What is that? really look like um and we've we've had to and we still are figuring that out as we go along mm-hmm. um we haven't arrived at a, a concrete you know solution and an answer to that but i think really that's that's been one of the major things because that's the ultimate shift that takes place the bible tells us that the two will become one flesh mm-hmm. um but then you sort of don't ever hear about that again but really that's i think the the major thing the hopes the dreams the ideas the you know or the inspirations um, what does it mean when you go through conflict? You know, before you go through conflict with a work colleague or a family member, it was just like, oh, that was a pretty bad day. You go through conflict as one flesh, your whole world falls apart and you can hardly <laughs> even put one foot in front of the other. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just so profound. Everything shifts in that moment. So I think for, for me, it, it's, it's very much, um, that's been that journey of walking that out and what does it look like? Mm-hmm. That as we get older, we want to do things that do this, otherwise do this, that, that draw us closer together the things that pull us apart. Mm. Julia, I'd ask you, but Mark used all your time. He really did. And he's probably been doing that for 25 years. <laughs> we come back lots more with Mark and Julia Appleyard as we hear about their ministry called Anathin. That's right. So we were just talking about um, your marriage and your courtship and getting to know each other and church camp. Boy, a lot of relationships can get started at church camp. It's a great, great foundation. There. I agree. For sure. I know that was a a solidifier in a lot of ways in our relationship. Mm -hmm. So, Julie, we'll throw it to you Mm -hmm. as far as what do you think has, what did you even ask? The greatest greatest thing about marriage is what we landed on. Hmm. 
I actually wanted to throw it back to the original question okay. that you well, asked you about, the, you know about the myth. Okay. What's been, what was the greatest myth? The greatest myth. myth about marriage was that once you say I do, it's happily ever after. Mm. And Disney made that up though. That's <laughs> right. Oh, okay. But, you know, it becomes a pervading part of culture and mm-hmm. people tend to think that we're married now. I don't have to work at Mm-hmm. this relationship anymore. I don't have to work at keeping myself clean, like spiritually or maybe even physically. I don't know. <laughs> Some people just <laughs> seem to, you know, they get married, they let themselves go. Why yeah. do they do that? Um, but I think, you know, Mark referred to conflict and conflict resolution. You think that, you know, love is enough to to get you through anything, but yeah, but at the same time, no, because you you have to work at it. Mm-hmm. Every single day you have to work at it. And there are many days where either one of us would be waking up praying, Lord, help me love them better today <laughs> because yesterday was really hard and I don't want to. Right. Martha so. wakes up praying that every day. <laughs> and you don't have any problem imagining that either, can you? Okay. <laughs> but it's the thing that keeps marriages together mm. is when people are willing sure. to do that. So. Yeah. And we have found it. How often do you guys pray together? You know, for us, it's actually prayer is a conversation and it's, it is quite literally constant. Um, we will be sharing each other from each other's journals and then we'll be speaking into those things and then all right, suddenly there's something there and we'll pray into um, it, prayer is not an event for us. It's it's a way of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus is a part of all the conversations. Just this morning, we were journaling before today, hmm. sitting outside, and Julie's going, hey, I'm just hearing this from the Lord right now. What are you hearing? Well, we're praying when we're doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, yeah, so yeah. for us, prayer is not, not, a, not an event of, okay, let's sit, let's hold hands and pray. It's actually a very open dialogue. Um, that, that all our family is a part of. And then when others come and stay with us, they just become a part of that as well. Um, and oftentimes we'll just stop and write in the moment, just go and say, so right now, Lord, you've heard what we're saying. And we just, you know, we release this and just ask you to speak into these things. And, and then we just keep talking. It's, and, and it's just, I don't know, for us, he's just constantly there and part of those conversations. So I say we pray all the time because it's just a, a regular part of our everyday dialogue. Mm. Because sitting down and actually having a a regular prayer devotional time did not work for us. No. It just too, it became too regimented and it was too clunky and we both felt really awkward and then we both felt really guilty because we're we're pastors and we don't do this. <gasps> That's awful. Like and we're supposed to be trying to teach people to do this and we don't do this. And then one day we're kind of talking and we realized, hey, this is this. It's just been an organic thing. It's it's been something that flows with us. We have the conversation. One of us will just voice, "Lord, you you're here. You hear everything. Mm, hear so what true. we're asking you." Um, and yeah, you say Jesus in Jesus' name, Amen. And then it's like the conversation moves on, and you forget all about God again. We don't do that. Yeah. We don't say in Jesus' name, amen, because we want the conversation to be always open and we need to keep that in the forefront of our minds. Another mm-hmm. radical, heretic kind of th- yeah. idea right here in I work for Sorry. Do not be sorry. No. He is completely I, having this, fun with it. Absolutely this. love that. Cool. I love because that. Because one of the things That's that... That's a great insight. That's a great insight. We believe that this platform is for our listeners who are mm-hmm. dialed in today or listening to the podcast later, um, that they are hearing something that maybe resonates with them. Right. Maybe they have experienced the same thing where they're they're ridden with guilt because 
it, what they're doing doesn't look like what somebody else is mm-hmm. doing. The key to what Jim and my, our conversation is, is that God is a part of your marriage yeah. and that communication needs to be happening, mm-hmm. whatever that may look like. And you have opened up fresh eyes for somebody that might be able to say, that's more like what I, mm-hmm. how I converse. And so we just want to um, thank you for that and sharing openly and not to, not to feel bad at all. <laughs> so we are talking Good. with Mark and Julie Good. Appleyard with Anathan. Anathan.co is their website. You can check them out to learn more about them as we will be learning as this hour goes on. All right. So Mark, tell us about Anathan. First of all, what, what is, what does it mean? Yeah. So Anathan uh, is the word that comes out of uh, the story with Jesus and Nicodemus. When Nicodemus comes in the night and says to Jesus, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of God? And Jesus says, you must be born again. So that word again is the word Anathan. And it means from above. You must be born from above. That arrested our attention as we were uh, wrestling with the whole idea of what did it mean to live on earth as it is in heaven. Um, the disciples' prayer that has that, that phenomenal line that just it, it blew our minds away. And, um, and so that, that, that word, Anathan, captured that because really, you know, oftentimes we find ourselves striving to live toward a place that we should be living from, um, living from heaven to earth. Um, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. That's not a future promise. It's a present reality. Um, we are connected spiritually in heaven right now in this conversation. We are right there in the spirit. Um, in fact, uh, the scriptures say God, the spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we're God's children. So we have that spirit to spirit connection right now. And so therefore we can live on earth as it is in heaven because we have a connection whereby we are in heaven at the same time as on earth. So um, so Anathan captured that for us, being born again, being born from above, uh, meant living, um, yeah, living from heaven to earth. Okay, so that explains the name. What is it that you do? Yeah, so what we, we felt um, the, the calling is, is that it was bringing that into the life of, particularly initially starting business leaders, um, in your personal life, your family life, and your business life. Um, you know, business coaching is usually help me get my business growing, help me fix my business problems. They're, they're, they're byproducts. Um, if you look at a target and you want to shoot from the outside in, you, you look at these concentric circles, you want to get to the middle. You want the outside um, of, of concentric circles to, to be representative of what's at the core and at the inside. If I just fix your business problems but actually don't give you an opportunity to, to work on the heart, um, then really all I've done is just generated Christian behaviorism. That lasts until the next trial, tragedy, trauma, or tribulation comes your way, and then you're going to default to your true value system. But if we work with the issues of the heart, we bring alignment between the value system of the business leader and the value system of heaven. Um, now we've got a totally different set of propositions to work with. And so so really, Anathan is working in your personal life, then your family life, and then your business life. So we get congruence between um, the, the person of God and their heart right through then to dealing with clients and customers and staff. And so it's, you're doing a lot, but Julie said you're pastors. So, <laughs> so you're, you're, is Anathan your church or is Anathan your business and you also have a church? Yes, <laughs> pretty much. Um, oh goodness. Where would you start with that one? Um, Anathan is, yes, it's our business and now it is our church. Um, We have very recently changed the model of church. We were pastors of a church that met between 10 and 12 on a Sunday morning. Um, We did that for years and years. Um, We 
when we started working with business leaders, um, we really felt like the Lord was challenging our paradigm on that, challenging our mindset. Um, I know we've spoken a lot about um, there are many business leaders who don't feel connected in their churches Mm -hmm. and they don't feel that any ministry that comes out of their business is a valid ministry. Um, And we felt very challenged to to join the dots between those two things. Um, we wanted, we knew that what we were doing with business leaders was really, really important. We also knew we were called to a local church. But every time we gave, gave um, our attention and time to one, the other would suffer. So we wanted to see how the two of them would come together and mesh together. We knew that there was a way, we just didn't see it. Um, Mark, years ago, and you're going to have to recite this because I can't remember it verbatim, um, was given a vision statement for church and what and, and what we were building, what was it that we really wanted to build? Um, and we were praying into this and really wanted to hear what the Lord wanted us to build. And the vision statement that came was was really informative to what we're doing now, but we didn't see it then. Hmm. Do you so, remember what that statement is, Mark? Oh, yes, yeah. it does. So, so <laughs> I, I see a church that is so influential that a city cannot ignore it, so large that buildings cannot contain her growth. She's a beacon of hope, a light on a hill to a hurting, dying world where people are drawn in their masses to receive salvation, healing, wholeness, and freedom. When we come back, lots more with Mark and Julie Appleyard. They're from, well, we'll tell you, we'll let them tell you where they're from, but this was all made possible because of the World Changer Network. Find them online. Our good friends, James and Anna Kramer, worldchangernetwork.com, worldchangernetwork.com. Julie, I asked you off the air, What brought you from Australia across the globe to Charlotte, North Carolina? God did. (laughs) So that was the short answer. That's the short answer. (laughs) That is the really short answer. And Mark, how do you find out the long answer? (laughs) Uh, Well, the the shortened version of the long answer is um, I met a a pastor in Hawaii in the mid-2000s at uh, Wayne Cordero's leadership um, practicum. And, uh, yeah, we, um, effectively he just said, listen, you know, we, we'd love to get you guys over here at some point to run alongside, um, of us. And, um, so we, we had about two years, I suppose, in that journey where that didn't happen because we were right up to our eyeballs in ministry where we were, but some things shifted. We came across 2009 to take a look. It was a good fit. When we came across, we came across to be a part of their senior executive team. It's a large church, a crossroads church. Um, those who know Pastor Lowell, if you're listening from out in uh, North Carolina, Pastor Lowell McNaney is a dear friend and, and brought us out. Mm. Um, so we came on their senior executive uh, of their large church. At the same time, pioneered a, a new campus of that church about 50 minutes away where we didn't know anybody, no one. I mean, zero, zippo. So we've traveled. If you went 1,500 miles northeast of where we live right now, you start heading back. That's We're almost on the opposite <laughs> side of the planet from where we started so i said to julie i said uh, you know i get to ask you this question once i said what's it like being the pastors of nothing um on the other side of the world from where you started and you know nobody um mm. you know so that's what it was we were in miracle territory and so the lord said i i, I asked the lord i said hey, where do we start because i don't know anybody he said i want you to become the biggest promoters of local business in the area 
Um, I go, what, are, what does that look like? And didn't really get anything. So it was like, okay, well, I guess that's all I've got. So I went knocking on some business doors and I got that bless your heart pastor kind oh, of response. Bless your heart. <laughs> <little. laughs> that's right. That, that's the, you know, in Aussies, we just say get lost or rack off. Um, <laughs> it means the same thing. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I've learned. Just I just thought about being nicer, real right? nice. Bless your heart also means... You're driving me crazy. It also means you are stupid. <laughs> That's right. Um, and so then, uh, you know, a, a couple of years into it, we didn't have any answers, uh, but we found uh, a way of connecting up those dots and started doing um, uh, live interviews on uh, Facebook and uh, and and uh, with business leaders and doing that free of charge for them and promoting them. And uh, one day the, the head of the local business association came to us and said, you guys are clearly one of the biggest promoters of local business in this area. What can we do to help you? Um, so that that opened up a whole lot of, of uh, opportunities for us. Um, yeah. And, and But the whole story, you guys just recorded a video of this whole story. We did. That's right. On God TV. We did. We were down with uh, Rich Marshall and the guys down there. Just uh, really honored to be a guest on his show um, just a few weeks ago. And that's, uh, that's going to air, I believe it's September 2nd um, on God TV on the God at Work program with Rich Marshall. God, we're, I can, how come we've never had Rich Marshall from God at Work TV? I, I don't know, on. but we're going to talk about it after the yes, show. Yes, we are. So, <laughs> okay. Well, that's great. So we were just joking. If they want to hear more of that long, <laughs> right. short story version, yes. they can check it out there. And yeah. maybe someday there'll be a book. Right. <laughs> but um, So we want to ask you guys, what do you think is the most important message that the body of Christ needs to hear from you right now? Take, uh, take it away, Julie. Mm-hmm. The most important message. I journaled on this just this morning. There are many days where I feel like, how could God have chosen me to speak with people, minister to people, have an impact around the world? You know, I'm, I am a nobody. Who am I? You know, that, that whole, probably a little bit of false humility in there, probably a little bit of, you know, whatever. Um, but here's something that the Lord said to me this morning. He said, every child of mine is chosen. Mm. Not one of them is not chosen. It's, it's an issue of, um, it's a question of obedience. Are you going to obey what I've called you to do because I've chosen you or are you not? Um, and quite some many years ago, I decided that I was going to obey and that not obeying was not an option, mm. <laughs> which means that when I know that I know that I know, and it takes me some time to get to that place. So it's not like I wake up one morning and go, oh, I know God's perfect will for my life and I'm just going to follow that mm-hmm. and I'm going to be obedient to it. But once I know that that's what God wants me to do, I don't have any excuses left anymore because I've already promised him my obedience. So when he challenges me to do something, I can have the conversations that push back. I can have the, but God, I don't have time for that. But God, I'm not qualified for that. But God, who am I to go and do that? Um, And when it becomes really clear that he's still asking me to do that thing, um, I, I just have to, as Mark would say, I just have to pony up and do it. 
Well, thank you for that. So Mark, what about for you? What do you think is the most important message that the body of Christ needs to hear from you? Yeah, I, I, obviously as one flesh, I would uh, resonate with that. <laughs> um, I think it's the power of a partnered yes. Um, we all carry a yes in our spirit. Um, and we all have the power to choose where we partner that yes with, with fear, with no, with whatever. And so my mornings, most mornings, the last several years have, have sort of started like this, that before my feet hit the floor and I swing my legs out of my bed, I say, Jesus, before the question even comes today, the answer is yes. Uh, now direct my feet where you want them to go, and I mean it. Um, and that has led us to the craziest places in the world um, by partnering my yes with heaven. Yeah. I think it, 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 it dovetails as well with the other thing, and that is that Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, let love be your highest goal. Yeah. Every activity, spiritual activity under heaven, if it is not, it, it is a means to an end. If it's not a means to an end to bring encounters with the always perfect love of the Father, then it's just spiritual activity. So we, we really have refined what we say yes to. If it enables us to bring love encounters, then let's go after it with everything we've got because everything is a means to that end because that's the highest goal is love. Yeah. Um, and any, any other goal that seeks, to keep, that seeks to get in the way of that is a false goal. Um, they all need to come under that highest goal of love. We're talking today with Mark and Julie Appleyard. You can check them out online, anathen.co, anathen.co. Of course, we'll have that link on our Facebook page. You're trying to figure out how to spell that, but it's just like another, but at the end, not an R, but an N, anathen.co. All right, so talk to us about your calling, the calling in your life there in Charlotte, North Carolina. What's the most important thing right now that you're being called to do? Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, realistically, and God's listening. He's wanting to see if you're actually listening. Yeah, um, well, we're we're listening. <laughs> we're 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 working like a, a duck with its feet going crazy underwater at the moment. Um, the biggest questions, or the biggest problems, and biggest things that we're dealing with with ministry and what we're going after is is literally opening up every time zone in the world to be able to reach. Um, and so we're 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 dealing with some really big, good size, God sized problems to wrestle and get to the ground because the concept that. Um, that we've got with Anathan Global that uh, he's placed in our hands um, is is a global concept. And so uh, we're, we're developing micro communities around the world. Um, and uh, and so as we develop those, we're, we're bringing them together online using Zoom as a platform. And, uh, and so we're already in uh, three countries and conversations at the moment for another five are on the table right now. Um, it's only been running on in that direction for a few months, and uh, it's going at a, at a speed that's very hard to hold on to at the moment. Yeah. So, so we're really, yeah, we're really wrestling with with some of those questions. We know that if we answer those size questions, um, then the, the issues of scalability for growth, um, for um, for reaching the people of the world um, with the gospel, that we've answered some of the questions that can really help with yeah. that. Tie that into the conversation about faith and work. I mean, why is that significant to our listeners? What you, yeah. what the calling on your life? Yeah. So where it's risen out of is, and I think you flagged already that um, that there is this this gap between people's experience at work and and people's experience at church, and then the actual fact there in, in in many expressions of the body of Christ, they seem to be two very separate things. As we've worked with business leaders all across the world. Um, I think we've been in 15 countries and 12 U.S. states now, and it, it's it's growing. Um, we're seeing this gap just get bigger and bigger and bigger. So that it sort of emerged out of that need to say, how do we help people who are in the marketplace have a corporate expression of the body of Christ that makes sense to them? Um, and so that's really where this birthed out of. What we discovered is as we partnered our yes with that revelation, it's suddenly starting to attract a whole heap more people to it. 
um, it will always be the pointy end of the stick to create that space for for Christian business leaders to become the most influential spiritual leaders in the world. Um, but, uh, but, but by going after that, we're finding that there's conversations opening up literally all over the world with, mm. from people saying, how do we simultaneously part of this? Yeah. everywhere you look, mm. this conversation is happening. Yeah. Julie, right. I interrupted you. You wanted to say something. Go ahead. What oh, were you going to say? I was just going to say that, um, what we're doing at the moment with the micro communities ties right back into that vision statement that Mark said before the end of the last break, right. um, buildings will not contain her growth. The, the Western church paradigm is that you have to have a building program so that you can house all the people that will come, um, whereas the Lord told us buildings won't contain her growth. In our thinking, we're thinking we have to be in a perpetual building program. Ugh, didn't want to have to do that. That mm-hmm. sounded awful. But like this, our, when we switched from doing church the way we were doing church to, to doing it this way where we've got micro communities online all over the world now, we, we doubled the size of our church in the first two weeks without buildings, without a building program, without a facility that we all gathered together into. Um, so, so in terms of having an impact on the city, if you can have a church that's not contained within a building mm-hmm. but infiltrating the city, mm-hmm. then you're going to have more impact. Mm-hmm. So that's so, kind of how it ties into the vision statement. So was- just for people who are trying to grasp the concept, mm-hmm. what does that actually look like? The micro communities, what does that look like? We have um, groups of people that will meet in various homes. Um, okay. Around Charlotte, we've got a group in West Palm Beach. We've got a group in Sakhalin, Russia. We've got um, we've got groups in the Netherlands, and we're looking, like Mark said, at getting groups out into... Yeah, we've now got uh, looking at Nepal, Bhutan, Malaysia, Australia, and New Zealand at the moment. Right. Are, are looking at- so they will meet in a group. So there'll be anywhere from eight to maybe 20 that will meet at a particular home. At a particular time, Mm -hmm. we will open up a Zoom call and we will do, well, first of all, we do some some worship on Facebook Live on Anathan. Um, on Anathan's Facebook page, we do some live worship so that if and that there's actually nobody, comes from California, so we're in North Carolina, so um, our, we have a group over here in California that meets, and that's where the worship comes from. Right. So they have to get up super early. Oh, no, because we do it at night time. Oh, we do Saturday there nights. you go. So right, when we come back, the rest of the story <laughs> as we talk with Mark and Julie Appleyard, and they're from Anathan.co, and we were just talking about your micro communities mm-hmm. that you have. Um, it's a it's a whole paradigm shift on doing church, mm-hmm. basically, is what you were explaining. And Saturday nights, Facebook Live worship, and you switch over to a Zoom call, mm-hmm. and that zooms into every one of your locations simultaneously. Yep. Take it from there. Yep. What do, what does that look like? And then we've got a couple other questions. For that you. looks like um, a group of people sitting around in a lounge room. We may well have just What's finished a dinner. Lounge room? A lounge room, a living room. Okay, all right. On couches, a little more comfortable. Awesome. Thinking there's beer and wine flowing. That's what a lounge is. Here in the US. <laughs> you know, we could we could move that. We way could do that. That could work. There could be yeah. Anyway, Bible. Um, they may be sitting with a cup of coffee. There may be kids running around. Whatever. We will then teach into that mm-hmm. particular environment. So simultaneously to everywhere all at the same time. Um, during the course of the teaching, we stop regularly, ask questions and 
get the groups to actually discuss. Mm. So whatever we're talking about, whatever we're teaching, we actually have them interact with the material with each other. And then we come back, we ask them to share. So we're actually having people who are hearing from the Lord on a particular topic in Russia who are able to share and the whole rest of the world gets to hear it. Um, People from Charlotte who think that they'll never have an impact on the world are impacting the world when they share what the Lord has shown them in a particular conversation. So that's where our connectivity comes in. Well, I don't want to discount that because I think that's fantastic. You're doing church. Mm Mm-hmm. But the relationships, you're not getting to live with each other. Well, but they are like eight or ten people. We're still getting the micro community. still got eight or ten in one room. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But we're also still being able to do life with someone on the other side of the world. For example, if someone on the other side of the world has a particular prayer request or a health issue, then they're going to share that prayer request with all of the groups and the groups we we, we've stopped things and actually asked someone in charlotte to pray for someone in russia um for a particular in real time and and it's just really impactful Mm. and very um encouraging to to people who may not have been plugged into a church for a very long time um the way that we work these on a on a monthly cycle the fourth week of every month is a corporate worship gathering so those that are close enough to gather together will gather together and we actually have a worship service and we share testimonies and what is the lord doing in your life over these last few weeks and and really encouraging people to build build relationships and social networks so that we can grow. So it's a way to do small church on a large scale. Yes. Right. So we call it glocal. It's global <laughs> and local. I like that. All mixed yeah. in Keep together. It local. Yeah. Keep it glocal. Keep it glocal. Keep it Big. Wow. And you heard it That's right a here. T-shirt. You heard that it here. a t-shirt right there. <laughs> you heard it here first. Oh, I work for him. Right. So uh, Mark, I would just answer this question. What would you say the body of Christ needs most right now? Um, I, I believe it's, it's the issue of scalability. Hmm. Uh, the elephant in the room that the body of Christ is not speaking about is how they can keep track with just simple population growth. Um, and the current models of church in the West cannot keep up with that. Yes, they're growing, but they're actually being outstripped uh, by the, the sheer um, exponential rate of population growth. You jump onto some of those world counter, a world clock um, counters and look in real time who's checking out through death and who's checking in through birth and look at the mean averages it's growing and the population's growing then look at church growth comparatively the gap every moment is getting broader and broader uh, to scale the current model of church is cost prohibitive to try and scale it at that rate so we have to totally rethink think of the billions of dollars we've wasted on buildings mm-hmm. that's right we're not mm-hmm. going to go there that that's yeah. so right. right we actually have our church building on the market right now um, mm-hmm. we felt the lord call us to sell it we have no mm. need for it anymore. And yeah. in fact, um, what we will do is the money we're putting into buildings, we'll be putting into each of the groups every month and go, say, just go find a need and meet it in Jesus' name. Fabulous. Um, mm-hmm. So we actually want to release right. resources back into the hands right. of the people of God and send a viral movement. Mm. Speaking of resources, we have a couple of resources we want to get into the hands oh, of our listeners. And great. we have neglected to do that till here at the end of the show. But you have both written a book. Mm-hmm. Julie's book is called The Boardroom of the Inner Man. And Mark's book is called Think, Speak, Live, Business from Heaven's Perspective. And they have willingly given um, us the ability to give away a copy of each of those books. So we are going to have... I think, though, they they should explain them really quick so people know why they Mm. should get these books. Okay, but in the meantime, call the listener line, 866-713-9675, and uh, we will 
we trust that we'll get the right book to you. And when you read it, you will actually hear the Australian accent. It's very <laughs> yeah, so, so, Julie, tell us about your book. Okay. So my book is called The Boardroom of the Inner Man. It is basically a way of thinking about our inner selves and how do we bring every area of our life into submission under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Um, Mark was talking just now about scalability. I think in order to sustain scalability, the body of Christ needs to learn how to be more intimate with God and this book will mm. help with that okay. that was that was the thing that woke me up okay. that was the journey that I yes. began when I prayed that prayer the second time at that at same camp. campground mm. um, was Lord there's got to be more to this and he took me on that journey and it's quite amazing and Mark what about your book think speak live business from heaven's perspective yeah so learning to live heaven to earth is learning to think how heaven thinks speak how heaven speaks and live how heaven lives um, in your personal life your family life and your business life and releasing the current now conversation of heaven mm. over those areas of your life mm-hmm. very wow. good so if this is something intriguing to you want you want to read this book for yourself give us a call at 866-713-9675 Leave me a message how I can get a hold of you and we'll get all the details. All right. So a couple more questions before we get to the end of the show. And let's just, we'll start with Julie on this one. Okay. When you hear about the World Changer Network, when you hear World Changer Network, what excites you most about the platform of the World Changer Network? That it's too big for just one person and that you need everybody else. You can't do it on your own. I think, um, intimacy with Christ means that we've been made for community, which means we need each other in order to change the world. We need each other. I think that's the thing that's most exciting. That means we get to meet more people. We get to Mm -hmm. learn more stuff. We get to collaborate on bigger and better things. We get to, we get to do all this kind of stuff that I would never do if I was just a housewife in suburbia but just a housewife but one of the most greatest jobs ever being a housewife indeed I mean, well we don't say housewife here a domestic they don't even say that just a stay-at-home mom how about that stay domestic engineers okay i was yeah. that too yeah i was that too and it's a great it's a great vocation that's really good but it's also um without a global mindset without a world changer mindset it becomes very narrow Mm-hmm. Um, and mothers and can think, be world changers too. Oh, yeah. So oh, yes. the connection Indeed. of a whole yeah. network That's is right. what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Billy Graham's mom changed the world. Oh, yes, yes she, did. she did. Mark, how <laughs> do you see the world changer network advancing what you personally feel called to in the kingdom? Yeah, I think what we've got is is just this beautiful era we're in where we're, um, the, the Lord has opened up opportunity for these networks and these partnerships to come together um, where you know our piece of the puzzle is is helping people in micro-community um, to experience and express God and what and and then through the business coaching and consulting side to bring that reality into business but Anna and James it, it, together mm. um, again with the partnerships and the people and like this relationship that, that they're setting up are, are just opening up a smorgasbord of opportunity that causes to think differently mm. um, they're not afraid to shake the cage and see what falls out the bottom mm. um, that's what <laughs> excites me is that it, we don't it's not like uh, oh wow we all understand it no we're on a journey together it's unpredictable yeah, and 
every time we take a step, we're all taking a step together as the, the next piece of revelation is falling, is forming in front of us. Um, Psalm 119, 105. He didn't say he was going to give us a million candlewatt <laughs> flashlight. He said he's just going to have a lamp, a lamp to our feet that's just exactly. for our next step. Yeah. All right, going back to the marriage thing as we finish this up, you guys are pastors. You're running a ministry that impacts the world. How are you protecting your marriage from the attacks that come because you're in ministry? Yeah. Um, I, 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 that, that is also a moving target. Mm-hmm. I think to say, oh, this is, this is all we need to do mm-hmm. um, has it, been our biggest downfall. When we hit the wall, it's because of that. Uh, I think it, it, we just keep a constant open conversation. Um, if there's a tension, let's deal with it right now. Yeah. Um, and what's, what are we hearing right now? Where's it coming from? Um, and, and so I think that's helping us, you know, because we, mm. we move at a really fast clip mm. um, in, our, in our household and in our life. Um, but we, we're creating space between the notes so that we can create beautiful music, yeah. to use a you know, musical term. But, um, but I, I, unless there's anything there you would think is... We, you can't ever be too proud to pick up a, a book, read someone else's yeah. material, learn from someone else's journey. Um, and yeah, always, I think always be transparent about, um, about where you're at and what you're dealing with. Um, you know, it's not that you broadcast it to the world. We're having this problem in this moment, but there's always people around that you can say, Hey, can you just be praying for us at the moment? It's a, it's a rocky patch, Mm -hmm. um, which doesn't mean we're about to fall apart. It just means we need the body of Christ around us to pick us up and keep us on track. Fantastic. Mark and Julie Appleyard, thanks so much for being on iWork Room this afternoon. Thank you. It's been a a pleasure and an honor. It was a lot of fun. Check them out online, anathen.co, anathen.co, A-N-O-T-H-E-N.co. You will never be the same if you check them out. You've been listening to iWork Room with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I I work work for for him. him. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, Jim. Happy birthday to me.